1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The book of Job is probably the oldest book in the Bible. The theme of this book is the problem of suffering. How can we reconcile the sometimes harshness and cruelty of life with the righteousness and love of God? This is a complex question to say the least. Sometimes we suffer because of our own choices and behavior. A person who works 80 hours a week for decades then suffers a heart attack can't exactly blame God. Also, there are physical laws in the universe. The law of gravity can't be suspended every time there's a technical fault in a plane. There's no one answer that fits every case of suffering. When the New Testament church wanted to know how to deal with suffering, the Apostle James referred them to Job's example. He said, My brethren, take the prophets as an example of suffering and patience. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seeing the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now, when Job suffered, he didn't have an example, but he turned to God. He had many questions, some of which were never answered. Like Job, we may never know all the reasons for the things we experience, yet we too can turn to the Lord and we can discover some things. This is Set Free with Ken Leg,
0: And thank you for joining us. It's a big subject this week when bad things happen to God's people. And we're looking not only at the problem of suffering in general, but why sometimes God's people have to go through so much pain in life. And Ken, as you pointed out just then, realistically, we'll never know the answer to this question in its fullness. That's right. Uh, the book begins with the sentence, there was a man in the land of Oz
1: whose name was Job. Well, Phil, we could apply that to our situation. We could say there was a man or a woman in the land of Oz. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we too go through times of suffering and difficulty in trial. Now, you mentioned that we're looking this week at the subject of the suffering of God's people. Well, we're told about Job that he was actually blameless and upright. He was one of God's people. In fact, God used him as an example of uh, a person of great spiritual stature. We read about that in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, He was also prosperous. So one thing's clear right from the outset that godliness and prosperity don't make us immune from suffering.
0: It's really interesting, actually, that God actually boasts about Job's righteousness to Satan. And, well, that's kind of where all the trouble starts. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the word Satan
1: means the adversary. And, uh, of course, he's behind the evil in the earth. You know, Jesus described him as the thief who's come to steal, to kill and destroy. Uh, but in contrast to him, of course, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of Light. So Satan is had been going about to and fro throughout the earth, up to no good. Mm -hmm. That's when, you know, God... Summons him, and then he appears before God. Now, I think there's a few things we need to understand about Satan. First of all, he's not equal to God; he's subject to Him. In fact, his appearance before God wasn't a privilege; he didn't just sort of roll in. You know, he 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 was actually summoned to give account. Where have you been? What have you been up to? What have you been doing? You know, Uh, another thing about Satan is that he's not like God. He's not, for example, omnipresent. He's localized; he can only be in one place at one time. Uh, Neither is he omniscient. Uh, That's an important thing in this uh, story that we're looking at, the story of Job, because uh, throughout this whole trial, he couldn't really see into Job's mind. Mm -hmm. Now, he thought he knew what was going on there
0: and how Job was reacting, and he also thought he knew what was in Job's heart, but he was wrong. Mm -hmm. And Satan accused Job to God, even though he didn't really know his true character. Yeah, that's true. In fact, God's testimony of Job, as we've already pointed out, was that he was actually
1: righteous Contrary to what Satan said about him. But then Satan saw this hedge of prosperity around Job and he said, well, prosperity is at the root of his godliness. I mean, who wouldn't walk uprightly before you when you're blessed in the way you have? You know, there's something in it for him. So he basically accused Job of what we call disinterested service. Does Job serve God for nothing? You know, you take away that hedge. Uh, You take away that that shield. or You take away those blessings. Let me try him, and I'll prove that he's actually a hypocrite. Uh, Phil, you you, you know that I emphasize a lot about the grace of God, and and one of the things that I think grace exposes is this mercenary attitude. See, some people say, if you lead a good life, God will bless you. Mm. I say that under grace, God blesses you anyway, (laughs) not because of you, but in spite of you. Now the question is, now what will you do? How will you live now? Will you still live a good life? Uh, not to get something because you've got everything in Christ. Yes so, so grace actually exposes our hearts. Now getting back to job here Phil. Um, one of the important things is that we see that uh, Satan has to ask permission before he can you know have a go at job. And I love that, you know, because God is sovereign in our lives. Satan just can't do anything he wants to do. Do you remember when Peter was um, tempted, uh, uh, Jesus said, you know, Satan has desired to have you. You look at the Greek, that word means to gain access by asking permission. So he had to ask permission before he could do what he even did to Peter and tempting him and trying him and so on. So Job is ultimately in God's hand. Now, we need to get a hold of that. He's not uh, subject to you know the whims of Satan. Satan had access to him, but it was limited,
0: and it had to have God's approval. Uh, that whole meeting actually kind of does my head in. I don't understand <laughs> how that actually uh, actually happened. Yeah. But what we're dealing with here is that what we refer to as the sovereignty of God, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's when Paul says, you know, all things work together for good, for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. We all know that scripture very well. For the believer, everything that happens to us is either determined or permitted by God. Mm. But does that mean that we have to accept it all as being good? Yeah. You know, is the bad good? Job's a good case for this.
1: Yeah. No, the bad isn't good. In fact, uh, evil doesn't originate with God. But it, here's the thing. It can be used by God for good. Uh, t- take radiation, for example. Okay, now we know that that's destructive, but it can be used for good. It can be actually used to destroy cancer Mm. in some cases. So God will allow evil to fulfill his greater purposes. Now, his ways, of course, are higher than ours. Uh, And the facts are that we live on a fallen planet and the effects of sin will not be eradicated until sin itself is finally and forever removed from this earth. Mm. But God can use the evil to serve his purpose. But, of course, uh, that's not the full answer. But it's an important
0: part of this whole answer uh, you know, and, and question of suffering. It's fascinating to read the story of Job and uh, Satan's approach. He goes to attack, and his goal is to get Job to curse God. Uh, but it doesn't happen. No, in fact, that's his
1: goal for every one of us, isn't it? Remember, the original temptation was to believe the lie that God doesn't have our best interest at heart. Uh, and an important part of the faith journey is to rest in our faith that God is good even when we don't like what's going on in our lives. So let's not minimize or trivialize, you know, what happened to Job here. I mean, he lost all his possessions. Mm. And worse than that, he lost all his children. That would have been devastating. But then he says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Now, some people, I've, I've heard people say, no, that was wrong. His theology was wrong. But you read what it says on the next verse. It says um, in chapter 1 and verse 22, in all of this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. So, what he said when, you know, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, ultimately God allowed it to be taken away. And so,
0: you know, he wasn't wrong in saying that. It's because Satan was wrong in assuming that Job would curse God because he didn't do it. Absolutely. Because he wouldn't admit that. In fact, he brings another
1: charge against Job. He, he accuses him of callousness. He says, well, okay, you know, you've taken his family, but you haven't touched him. You know, like he's a very selfish man, as long as he's okay. You know, we have this saying, if you've got your health, what else really matters? You yeah, know, that's so right. he's basically saying that that's the attitude that Job's got is I'm okay, uh, you know, as if that would be his attitude. And then, of course, on top of that, his wife comes along and says, Well, Just curse God and die, you know. What what, what has God done for you, you know? But look at Job's response. He says, "Um, uh, "You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity?" And then he says, "This in all this, Job did not sin with his lips." So Hmm.
0: everything Job has said up to this point is correct. It must have been pretty tough for Job. On top of all that he went through, to hear his wife to just say, "You know, curse God and die," would have been temptation. I would imagine. Yeah, well, her philosophy was, you know, thank
1: God for all the good things that go right in your life. Mm. But when things start going bad, well, just drop God, forget him, you know. Whereas Job's theology was this, bad things happen in life, even to good people. Therefore, thank him for the good, but trust him
0: in the bad. good insight today on what to do when bad things happen to God's people. We'll continue our conversation tomorrow. And in the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Grace Roots, which features topics from today's message, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.